spies like us. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. We've got a very special assignment for you two. This is my sister. You can all have her. You want some coffee? That's a good idea. Let me see that. Hey, come on. Honestly, you two are unbelievable. Stop it! Every minute you don't tell us why you're here, I cut off a finger. Mine or yours? Yours. Damn. Go! Silver! Away! Chevy Chase. Get us the hell out of here! Dan Aykroyd. To think my high school guidance counselor said I'd never amount to anything. Spies like us. We're Americans! Everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I have two returning guests. I have uh, Miguel Sanchez and Eddie Ball. Hello. 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 How's it going? Now, it's going well. Now, every time I've had uh, these two gentlemen on, they've always complained that there's not enough Dan Aykroyd in the Dan Aykroyd Project I have chosen. That's right. But that's yeah. all going to change because we are doing... And this is kind of ironic. We scheduled to do this before all this shit happened in Ukraine. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So we scheduled to do this uh, uh, over a month ago. We're recording this at the end of February, uh, right after Russia invaded Ukraine. But we're doing spies like us. That threw that threw me back just a little bit when when it started because I'd never seen it before. And then I was just like, oh, very topical. Okay, good for us. Yes, yes, very topical. Was this the first time for both of you seeing this movie? That was my first time, yeah. Um, Rewatching it, I realized that I've probably seen bits and pieces of this movie, but I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. But some bits here and there seemed uh, familiar. It seems like a movie my dad would have watched, for sure. A hundred percent. I watched this movie in the... Th I saw it in the theater, first run, in the movie theater. Oh, wow. That's my very first note of this movie, is this movie came out 37 years ago. <laughs> that blew my mind, and then I knew immediately Scott saw this in the theaters. I did, because, <laughs> because at the time, I was a huge Chevy Chase fan, and this is one year after Ghostbusters, so Dan Aykroyd uh, was was still hot, because this was 1985 and Ghostbusters was 84. Also, yeah. like Ghost, Ghostbusters and this movie, Spies Like Us, were written for Aykroyd and John Belushi. So, but Belushi died and Murray took his spot in Ghostbusters and Chevy Chase took John Belushi's spot in Spies Like Us. Ah, it's making sense. I had, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd never seen this movie before. I've seen this poster about a million times. I feel like walking through Blockbuster as a kid, uh, it really stood out to me. Uh, but just never saw it. It was a good time. Can't wait to talk about it. Well, let's get into it. So the movie Spies Like Us is basically what it sounds, where uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are used as decoys 
in this secret mission, and they're the comic relief to the real spies that are they're doing the real spying in this movie. Well, what did you guys both think of the movie? Ed, you go first. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was interesting, Scott. You mentioned that this was a year after Ghostbusters came out, so I imagine that was like high. A lot of buzz surrounding people like Dan Aykroyd and stuff like that. So going into this movie, um, I don't know what I was expecting. I really had no expectations whatsoever. And, um, you know, it felt, and this is me getting brutally honest here, this felt like a movie that just like both of these guys, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd at the height of their careers, just did for a paycheck. And I get that purely because I know that both of them are very funny people and are both capable of, like, actual comedy. (laughs) Uh, But I just found this one like a one-trick pony kind of thing all the way throughout. It was just like a movie that was solely based on making a joke. Like, it was just joke after joke. And they just happened to get Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd on to do it kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely felt like some of the jokes were just like, yeah, we're we're playing to this bit. Uh, sometimes I didn't think it was all that hilarious, but a couple times it did make me laugh. <laughs> it, it actually dawned on me about halfway through the movie that I need to stop and take notes so that I can remember these things. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, I thought it was like a, a good experience. I definitely ranked it as one of like my lower Dan Aykroyd movies of the ones we've watched. I felt like for the time it was probably pretty hilarious. I mean, there were a couple of really good bits, like Chevy Chase in the in the exam room, you know, just like being absolutely over the top with how he's cheating. Uh, the bit in that that got me really going was when he stands up and his like he's got his arm in a cast when he walks in, and then as yeah. he stands up, you realize that's a fake arm, and he's got like he's got his two arms moving around and this other one flopping. Uh, I don't know why it kind of just reminded me of the the silly scene in. Um, uh, total Recall, the three boobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> him, having, him having three arms moving around like that. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd playing this like straight man to Chevy Chase, but also like having jokes of his own, but a little more like word plays and things like that. Uh, at times it was clever, and at other times I was just like, you know, it's a I'm having a fun time. It is what it is. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd does his his word play uh, speak. In this movie, uh, a couple of times. Where is the brain for the Scram Jam 7000? Procurement picked it up over an hour ago. Well, was it fixed? Yeah, new voice scramblers and everything. Huh. Well, what about that red Chinese radio chatter? It's done. Here you go. Done. It was a static-filled, triple-scrambled microwave transmission between two soldiers talking in Mandarin Chinese. Well, the Chinese were only using a simple polyphonetically grouped 20-square-digit key transposed in booster photonic form with multiple nulls. They broke it with this. A Drogon's decoder wheel? They put these things into cereal boxes for kids. Yeah, I found it in a box of, uh, Lucky Charms. Break it down again with the machines. I already did. Clean up the desk. I can't get over how young Dan Aykroyd looks in this movie. 
yeah. like a totally different person. And honestly, Chevy Chase now too. Chevy Chase obviously doesn't, but yeah, I mean, they just look like almost fresh out of college. Yeah. Yeah. He looks younger in this movie. Yeah. He looks younger in this movie to me than he did in Ghostbusters, which came out a year earlier. It's that shaggy haircut for sure. It is the yeah. shaggy haircut. Yeah. No, he definitely of- uh, looked very, yeah, just like a Dan Aykroyd we're just not as familiar with, at least I, I, I guess from Miguel and I's point of view. But uh, yeah, like you said, in Ghostbusters, he seemed weirdly older. But yeah, it was just like the haircut. The kind of nerdish behavior, like fresh out of college, Dan Aykroyd. He wrote this, or he he had the story, him and Dave Thomas of SCTV. So that was why Belushi, because Aykroyd wrote Ghostbusters, and he, he had the story for this one. So that's why he had Belushi in mind for these roles. And John Landis directed this, and John Landis directed the Blues Brothers. So there was a lot of common themes Ackroyd and Chase were from Saturday Night Live and then his writing partner Dave Thomas they were both from SCTV and then the director was uh, from Blues Brothers so these are all people that he's worked with before they have some pretty good uh it seems like it was a good team you know what I mean good chemistry yeah I uh I'm reading the Wikipedia page while I'm listening and I'm also uh finding that the critical reception to this movie was a little spotty as well the very first line was from a Washington Post critic, Paul Adanasio, who called Spies Like Us a, quote, a comedy with exactly one laugh. <laughs> that seems I mean, harsh. I laughed more than one time, but... Yeah. I think he uh, means just, like, the kind of one-bit joke. Possibly, possibly, yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's just... The whole movie takes on a certain tone, you know, of, like, the, the jokes as far as... I don't know. It's almost like very on the nose in every moment. Like you can see the setup coming. It's still good. It's just maybe, I don't know. I'm assuming that's what he meant, but um, no, I definitely laughed more than just once, but uh, I, I can see perhaps where he would get that. Well, I remember this. It's been a while since I've seen this and I remember it being very slapsticky, which it is. Yeah. But also there's a lot of, uh, this is classic Chevy Chase uh, sarcasm in yeah. this movie. So I laughed a lot of his, at, at his subtle, you know, digs at people and his sarcasm. I laughed quite a bit at the, the more subtle jokes in this movie as well. Yeah. I, uh, I watched this with my wife, Kristen, last night. And uh, she, I don't think she was a fan of Chevy Chase. His, his character is pretty much sexist and he's like a, you know, womanizer. And she would every now and then he would say something. I wish I could remember the exact joke he said, but he would just say something and she would be like rolling her eyes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I, yeah, it is. It's from 1985. It is what it is. Uh, that just felt like very Chevy Chase. Like, there's, yeah. A, yeah. there's a certain, I, I, like, every Chevy Chase movie I feel like I've watched, even like the family vacation movies, he's always somehow a womanizer in some yeah. sort of way. Yeah. He's just like, and it's very nonchalant, just like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a goofy guy, uh, but how's it going, you know? <laughs> that is true. Yes, this is this classic Chevy Chase in this movie. And I want to make it clear that <laughs> through this entire movie, Chevy Chase does absolutely 
nothing. This is all Dan, <laughs> this is all Dan Aykroyd. If Dan Aykroyd was not with Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase would have been dead right from the beginning. Sure. sure. <laughs> that that does remind me. One of the one of the laughs that I that I got the most was when uh, they get caught by those Russian military whoever when they're in the snow and. Uh, they say something, they point the guns at him, and Chevy Chase is like, oh, well, they're just going to do some behind-the-scenes work, and they're just going to, the government's going to get us back home. And he was like, good luck with that. And then he jumps into the <laughs> into the snow and runs off and leaves him alone to be captured. I thought that was hilarious. Um, a lot of cameos in this movie. I only caught one at the time that I actually pointed to the screen and said, is that, it was Sam Raimi, the guy that directed the, all those Spider-Man movies. No, yeah. it was it was Ted Raimi, his brother. No way. I think that no, wait a minute. I think you might be right. It might have been Sam. It was either Sam Raimi or Ted Raimi. It was definitely a Raimi. I, I would have said Raimi. But John Landis has the you, you know who the other guy who was with, either Sam or Ted Raimi? He was one of the Cohen brothers. I was about to say oh, what, yeah. uh, Joel Joel Cohen makes the cameo as a uh He's like a security guard at the base. Uh, yeah. Like the, the Area 59 slash outdoor movie theater. Right. Huh. And there's another, there's like three or four. One thing Landis likes to do in his movies is have directors make cameos as actors. <clears throat> and there's a couple other director cameos in this movie. So you looked it up. Is it is it Ted or Sam? It is Sam Raimi. It is Sam Raimi. I stand corrected. And I was just like blown away. I was like, "That's the guy that directed all those Spider-Man movies." Yeah, Evil He's Dead, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's right. I didn't. I, I didn't watch any of those. But... And uh, and BB King was there too. Yeah, he was. He was the King. guy who said, "Let's get. It. How about you guys get a Pepsi?" I yeah. I'm just kind of... Very tongue in cheek. Those like throw in jokes there. No, really, get a Pepsi. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, like, uh, 80s, I, I picture the eighties as being the height of the Pepsi craze, right? Yes, that yeah, was no. when Pepsi Pepsi was closest to Coke. Right now, Coke is ahead of Pepsi because sure. they had Michael Jackson. That's when they had Michael Jackson doing commercials. Yeah, for wow. Sure. Yeah, I, I, it's it's so yeah. Just hearing that name drop, you're just like, oh yes, we are here. We are in the eighties. Pepsi was, I just like remember all of those like other movies like in the early 90s and stuff. It's like Pepsi was the one to talk about, kind of thing. You know, you were talking about directors. Terry Gilliam was also in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was the doctor. He was like one one of the doctors. Yeah. 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 That was one of those uh, comedy bits. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite parts uh, was that operation table scene. Uh, yeah. They they both they both played it very well. Uh, like having to like as Dan Aykroyd went under the table to figure out the facts, and Chevy Chase leaning over as he did so <laughs> just to like examine the guy's face. <laughs> it was good. Like there, there there are moments throughout this movie where those two just really shine together. It really works well. I give you Doctor Julius Greenbaum. Thank you, Doctor. I'll just step out for a smoke. Perhaps I'll stay here. <laughs> Today, we will be removing the patient's appendix. The first step in an operation of this particular type is...
shave the patient. Ah, forget it, forget it, get on with it. We don't... We'll skip the shave and go directly to the operation. The second step in an operation of this type is... Anesthetic. Can't you tell he's already been given the required injection of pentothal? Of course. He's already been given the required in injections. Mm -hmm. All right. Let us begin the operation. doctor and now the first incision doctor isn't that incision a bit high for an appendix do you want to do the operation fine you come on up here and you do it in house he was cutting into his chest did you see me cut into his chest did I cut his chest I was probing to determine muscle tone and skeletal girth. It's a new technique. We mock what we don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, I, I've seen the poster a bunch, and I always have this image of them wearing this, like, a bunch of, you know, heavy snow gear <laughs> in the snow. I was surprised at how much of this movie took place before they even got to, you know what I mean, like the whatever in Russia they were at. You know what I mean? They did a whole, like, Pakistan journey. Uh, where they were in the yeah. desert, and I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought they were, I thought we were going to cut straight to Russia, and when all the hijinks were going to happen there. They saved it for the end. Yeah, they they went on location in this movie, which is something you don't usually see nowadays. But yeah, this was like Literally. a globe trotting movie. I it just feels bizarre. I I was just convincing myself the whole time. It's like, oh, that's got to be like New Mexico and stuff like that. You know, the usual Hollywood spots to fill in for such exotic places you know that's hilarious that they actually went there for this i can't imagine them actually hanging out in pakistan yeah <laughs> but good for them i also want to comment on all the uh, old character actors that are in this movie uh, to me they make the movie uh, especially the the there's um so we really have four main bad guys it's two generals from the army and then two yeah. Washington sleazeballs. The, so the gist of the movie is they want to blow up a Russian satellite uh, because... <laughs> it, <laughs> I felt like I had to look up real quick. I'd be like, yeah, what was that plot? <laughs> yeah. They wanted to blow up a Russian satellite because they thought that the, you know, the satellite was spying on the USA. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. So they have to go into Russia and they were going to have Russia... No, no. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. No. Russia had a missile. That was right. Yeah. That was right. So, that's right. Russia had a missile, and their their uh, uh, job was to get to Russia, launch the missile, and then the U.S. was going to blow up the missile in midair. And got what? It, I got it, got it. Yeah, I got it now. Right. Just the army, the army guys talking about, you don't want to think these guys exist in the army. 
but you know they do exist in the army in real life. Yeah, these these kind of people. Definitely. You're talking about the you're talking about the bad guys. Yeah, the bad generals. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, got it. I thought you meant uh, oh, I thought no, you meant no. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd for a second. I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe there's some bumbling idiots in the military. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, for sure, there's definitely bumbling idiots. Um, but yeah, uh, the actor Bruce Davison. Yes. Uh, who's like, uh, I mean, he's in a bunch of, he was like in a 90s sitcom, but he was also in like X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. Where I recognize him from. Um, he was so young. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, yeah, no. And, but then they turned out to be like the bumbling idiots amongst the generals, not necessarily idiots, but more of just like they were out of the loop, uh, like these army generals had their own other side plan, side plot, I guess, trying to, what what was the one of them said at the end is like, if it's for the cost of the, you know, if it's the American way of life and or destruction or whatever, we'll take that kind of thing. Take the American way of life, which I guess like during the Cold War era, you know, it was either A or B, you know, the, the American way of life or communism. Right. It was, he, yeah, said, it was, pres- he said, preserve, I wrote this down, Ed, you saying that reminded me that I, I made a note of this. He said, I'm preserving, we're preserving the American way of life. And I wasn't quite sure of the plot 100%, but I knew there was like a nuclear bomb involved. And I was like, right, what right. are we preserving right now? <laughs> the American way of life, Miguel. Got the, it. Got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Where Democracy you bomb- and all, all of that stuff. But they would bomb parts of America to do that. Was the, right? Isn't wasn't that the implication that they were, or that's what they were saying? Right. That's, that's why they all went off and had sex one last time. <laughs> so they launched the rocket. The beam yeah. misses the rocket, and now the rocket's going to hit the USA. And the two Washington sleazebags are like, "Well, we got to call the president and let him know that it's not Russia attacking us." And from what I gather, I think this might have been the general's plan all along was to not intercept the rocket so the rocket would hit, so the U.S. would retaliate, so we'd get into a war. War. And so we could take over Russia and put the American way of life. It's sort of convoluted. Oh, Um, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Spreading the good word of the American way of life. Right. Yeah. Got it. With nuclear no. weapons. <laughs> but, um... I, go ahead, Ed. Sorry. It was a little hazy at first. It, like, it was it was hard to see. Like, other than the fact that Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase were supposed to be um, distractions, much like their situation, the audience doesn't really know what the objective is necessarily i think the objective is sort of in the background the movie it's is almost just, like a MacGuffin. It's, it's a like, MacGuffin. yeah yeah we're going bit to bit <laughs> this is based on the old uh, bing crosby and bob hope road movies it's an homage uh, to that even so even that bob hope makes a cameo in this in this movie. there he is right there bob hope as himself slash golfer yes I, uh, I'm sorry, I got kind of lost in this thread that I was reading. It says, the title song, Spies Like Us, was written and performed by none other than Paul McCartney. 
I've never heard this song before. Was this song written for this movie, or was that a song that already existed? No, it was written for this movie. Oh. And if you look it up, there's a video of Paul McCartney, Chevy Chase, and Dan Aykroyd performing this song. Oh. Yeah, you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah. I feel like that must have cost a fortune. (laughs) That was pretty good. I had to then at the time. I mean, right? The movie cost about it said it cost about twenty two million to make, and it made seventy million. So it was a it was a pretty decent hit. Wow! Uh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm just reading it. I just reading it. Do you know how much it made opening weekend? Ed, if you had I, to take a guess, I'm, I'm pulling a I, chase I from the movie gap. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I have no clue, honestly. It was eight point six million dollars opening weekend. Wow. So a good chunk of it's changed back already, right off the bat. Yeah. So this movie is set in the 80s. I mean, besides the overall arc of the Cold War, the only thing that really reminds you that it's in the 80s is every in just every single scene set in a military or a political office, there's just a giant picture yes. of Ronald Reagan. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to yeah. mention that. That's hilarious. It was like one of the first things I noticed. And then one of the last things I saw before we turned the movie off, we were in the credits and it was saying, and Ronald Reagan as himself. And for a half yeah. second, I was like, wait, was he in this movie? But no, I think it was just all these photos of him. So, well, so they also so, showed a clip uh, when uh, we first meet Chevy Chase, when he's watching like a clip of a movie and he's like got his headset on. He's watching a Ronald Reagan movie. Oh, that bit was lost on me. That's right. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was an actor. Okay. Yeah, no, that was the like, first moment where I was just like, hang on, is that Ronald Reagan? I get I mean, like, it's funny I mean, because he's like part of the Secret Service or whatever. We we got to the very end of the movie and it said, and also Ronald Reagan or whatever. And I was just like, when did I miss this? I think that would have been hilarious if he was just in the background. Of, you know, but here we are. Yeah, no, that was a good gag throughout. I I enjoyed see like that. I was like halfway through. I was just like, all right, that's got to be like the fourth time I've seen Ronald Reagan pop up. Like, <laughs> uh, it's good timing for sure. What did you guys think about that uh, 1985 Earth CGI? Every time they went to space, <laughs> that planet it didn't even look like Earth. It was just blue. It was just like a blue ball. Some of the CGI is kind of sketchy, but it is time appropriate CGI. I understand. 1985. Yeah. I will Earth CGI was dope, practically 2001 a space odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I I wrote that it just like it reminded me of uh kind of like primary school, you know, totally. uh educational videos about space and stuff. Like the planet Earth, here we are. You're like, it's so um, beautiful. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's all its majesty. <laughs> it's just like a blue, blurry ball. Well, I think I enjoyed this movie. Maybe it's just because of my time. I enjoyed it. I, the, You were right about the same joke, because there's this montage of in training where they're put through this training, and it's a montage of the same joke, them being, getting put through hell. Yeah. But there's one scene where, uh, clearly, when they're getting dosed with the flamethrower, those that stunt, those are stuntmen, but there is yeah, one yeah. scene where they have to jump in this mucky, oh, oh. and it, it's them because they go in and they come up and you see it. So 
they they actually did that stunt where they had to jump into this putrid water and I, well, you know hats off to them for doing that so i had a very yeah, visceral reaction to that in the moment uh Kristen too i mean it was just like it was disgusting and the fact that like chevy chase he kind of jumps in like feet first and you're like yeah this is really gross but like <laughs> dan Aykroyd, he dives in head first <laughs> and you're like this is disgusting he comes up all covered as shit and it's just like no 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 but good for them they made it through training they, I, what was what were they called? They were called something like G, like G GTG twenties or something like that. G twenty or something like that. I didn't know what that meant, but I assumed it was a, a good ranking. Before they get the training, that Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd are in this plane. They don't think they're going to have to jump out of this plane. They have parachutes on, but they push him out, and it, and I'm thinking these you didn't give these guys any parachute training. How are they? It's like they may not know how to pull the cord or anything like that. <laughs> They'll figure it out, and they did. They God, did. That would be that would be terrifying having to jump out and not really expecting to. Being yeah, pushed out yeah. the last. Or well, maybe that's the best. Like eliminate that antis- uh, that anticipation of having to jump out of the plane. Just like, well, you're about to depart the plane right now. Bye. Yep. That was one of the parts that made me laugh. They land in this forest. And all of a sudden, they're attacked by ninjas. Where are we? I don't know. I wasn't watching. I lost everything at 7,000 feet. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's a dick fur. What's a dick fur? To pee with. Is that me? Super spy, think of something. You're the diplomat. Talk to them. All right. Stop right there, and I'll bring back the sun. Okay. This is my sister. You can all have her. I hear she's very good. Just take another step, and I start swinging. You hear that? He's threatening you. Let's get him. God's sake, show some balls. I think it's too late to try to impress him. <laughs> oh, man. I was lost in that point. I was like, what is going on? Some really good visual gags, though. Um, the, what Again, I can think of a handful of bits that like actually made me laugh. But when the ninjas show up and the, the one ninja is like sw- swiping his sword all over the place, swap, 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 and then like all these trees fall, I was like, this is hilarious. I get it. I'm into it. Let's go. No, I was going to say, and then that just ended up being, like, that was the military, right? Like, he was just, some sergeant showed so up. He dropped into the training, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little yeah. bit more training. Like, literally Sorry. dropped. I cut you no, off. No, I was just going to say, it kind of reminded me a lot. I don't know, Miguel, if you've seen this movie, but uh, it re- the, the whole training sequence, rather, just kind of reminded me of Stripes a little bit. Uh, I mean, it, it felt very... Uh, like not in a bad way. I was just because uh, like a, a good chunk of stripes is 
them training, and then of course they're off like fighting the Russians later. Uh, but yeah, it's just like all of these like ludicrous scenarios, and uh, you, you've got like Bill Murray just kind of like cracking his way through it. Is Dan Aykroyd in that movie? No, that's uh, Bill no. Murray and Harold Ramis. Darn. Yeah, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I don't know, I wouldn't say took me out of this movie, but no matter what type of danger they're in, you never you never get the feeling that Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd are scared, where they where they no. probably should be scared. I mean, they're being there's Chevy Chase is being a smart ass self and. Dan Aykroyd is just being Dan Aykroyd. But you never get the feeling that they think they're in danger. Maybe they just don't know enough to know that they're in danger, you know, except for except for Bill, uh, not Bill Murray, sorry, uh, Dan Aykroyd in that one spot where he jumps away. But other yeah. than that, maybe they're just a bunch of bumbling. And idiots. Like maybe towards the end where they just kind of appreciate, maybe not appreciate, but just like understand the gravity of the situation. Again, when they go off and sleep with people, <laughs> I just like how they just like automatically. Well, might as, might as well spend these last few hours together, right? Not you. So, oh, it so, was like twenty-eight minutes. Twenty-eight minutes, and <sighs> so we're gonna jump to. We'll come back, but we jump to the ending. Yeah, they they launch the missile. It's heading to the U.S. And like Ed said, everybody. It's like well, it's going to strike in twenty-eight minutes. And everybody pairs off to have sex. And then we cut to Dan Aykroyd, and he has this idea of like, oh, I, I, I can stop the rocket. And it was like, so everybody had the shortest sex in movie history. <laughs> because they had 28 minutes till the Earth was destroyed, so they were able to have sex and stop the rocket from destroying the world. That's good. That record time, well, you know? If yeah. anything, it may have just been the most accurate depiction of sex. That yep. you know what you might, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like oh well that was that's done let's save the world. Um, yeah no it's funny how he like kind of clicks with them after the fact. Like he just had to clear his headspace. Oh, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase does nothing in this movie. He does only thing he does is get them into trouble, such as he claims you know he claims he can do that surgery. And Aykroyd is the one who knows Russian. He's the one who knows electronics. He's the one who knows geography. Yeah, this is all this is all Dan Aykroyd getting them from point A to point B to point C. And Chevy Chase just along for the ride. Seducing women where he can. Now, the woman that he seduces is Dan Aykroyd's wife in real life. No way. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> yes, Donna Dixon, and they were married at the time. So Dan Aykroyd had to spend this movie watching Chevy Chase trying to get into his wife's pants. But if he wrote, if he wrote it, <laughs> and then he was just like, "Oh well, hey, my wife could play this role. It'll be interesting." <laughs> at that point, I'm just like wondering what his fucking <laughs> intentions are. That's hilarious. I didn't know that because there's one scene where. Chevy Chase claims to have nerve damage in his hand, and he just puts his hand on her boob. He just puts Hard, his yeah. hand on her boob, and it's like, yeah, can't feel anything. And he's just like filling her up. <laughs> I also love later, right as she leaves in that scene, he commits just a little bit further, and he like has this like limp wristed <laughs> wave goodbye. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. Chevy Chase is uh he's got some good physical comedy in this movie, especially later on in the movie when um 
the Russians, they throw a grenade at them and he picks it up and he's like, what's this? And Dan Ackroyd's like, you don't want it. And then he just like chucks it back <laughs> like so daintily and it lands yeah. in this box of grenades. I was that, that these are the moments that I was like, I'm engaged. This is hilarious. Chevy Chase gets captured and Dan Aykroyd goes to save him. And all of a sudden, Dan Aykroyd knows how to ride a horse and use a machine gun. <laughs> so I guess yeah. that was... I, I, Two I guess machine guns at the same time riding a horse. I was like, what is this? Dan Aykroyd wrote this script. He goes, you know what? If Chevy Chase is going to fuck my wife, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ride in on a horse, a horse with guns wielding blade, two guns. Uh, that's great. <laughs> um, but what I thought was nice about that scene is, so he comes in riding, guns a-blazing, he rescues Chevy Chase, and he goes to pull Chevy Chase up on the horse, and Chevy Chase ends up pulling him off the horse. So I thought that was, you know, it started off as a competent action scene. And then he's just like, he goes for the rescue and he ends up, you know, getting pulled off the horse. You know, it's it's funny that you mention an action scene. And this is very much like a comedy action movie. Uh, the vibe that I got while I was watching, I just was really reminiscing or reminded about like Seth Rogen uh, and like Pineapple Express having some like, it's a comedy, but it's also an action movie. Um, and yeah. their, their whole vibe of... Uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Chevy Chase being these like, you know, paired up trying to go solve this world crisis kind of deal was also kind of reminding me of Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco in the, uh, the interview, you know, where they go to North Korea. And I just felt like, yeah. okay, this is kind of like a pairing that really kind of established something in its time. You know what I mean? Like people could like uh, be inspired off of like maybe Seth Rogen or whatever, but almost like a fish out water scenario. Yeah. 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 Uh... Because they're uh, like the uh, two incompetent guys in this, like, who end up ultimately being in this, like, world-changing event. And they say they, they were supposed to just be, yeah, they were supposed to just be decoys or whatever. So the people in charge set them up as decoys to be killed. So Donna Dixon and her partner, the, Donna Dixon is the woman that uh, Chevy Chase is trying to sleep with through this entire movie. Her and her yeah, partner are are the real spies, and right. they and they so they put Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd out in the field to distract the Russians from the real spies. And it's just a comedy of errors that Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. It's actually not a comedy of errors. It's actually Dan Aykroyd when they make contact with the two guys. He figures <laughs> out that they're Russians. Yeah, and Chevy Chase is just oblivious. It's like if it doesn't have two legs and a pair of tits, Chevy Chase is pretty much oblivious. To what's going on around him you know that was another really good moment for me uh because obviously the joke in the in the moment is dan Aykroyd's realized they're bad guys and oh i gotta take a leak and don't you have to take one too and then they have that back and forth of no i don't have no blah 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 hey listen can we stop what's the matter i gotta take a leak You should go, too. What are you, my mother? Don't you think I'm capable of determining my own time to go to the bathroom? So isn't now one of those times? No. You mean you don't feel a certain degree of urgent pressure on the inner wall of your bladder now, right at this moment? No, I'm fine. Well, wouldn't you feel more comfortable being fully relieved of any excess fluids that might be building up immediately now? 
I gotta take a whiz? Don't go away. Oh, we'll be here. These guys are not our legitimate contacts. These guys are KGB special branch. Oh, come on. Don't tell me to come on. That was a Russian wristwatch. I know the country of origin of every timepiece in the world. That was a Russian copy of a 1969 Timex Digital. What is this, some kind of a hobby with you? Basic, most common slip up in espionage. We walk right into enemy hands. But when he finally gets on board with like, oh, I guess I should go with them. And then they turn around and all of a sudden these Russian guys or whatever have gone from the car to like into the field. And that like that turn that they're right there on them. That was cracking me up, man. I thought that bit was hilarious. I recognize the, uh, what's the best way to describe this? Uh, the more handsome of the two Russian assets. Uh, he, I recognized him from Animal House find him right now on imdb because uh, uh, uh james 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 james, james Dalton. Dalton. uh but yeah no i recognized him from uh animal house and he's a he's a piece of shit in that too so good for him classic <laughs> that classic russian asset uh, like frat boy piece of shit yeah <laughs> or vice versa obviously this came out right. after animal house but yeah, it was chock full of uh, little cameos here and there throughout. It's funny. Animal House was directed by John Landis, so I'm sure he yeah. remembered him from that movie and brought him in to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you said he did uh, Blues Brothers prior to this, right? Yes, he directed he directed Animal House and then Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blues, those are great. Yeah, I see. But and that's that's the thing is like thinking like now that this was a John Landis film, I just, like, the the jokes felt a little bit more one-noted than things like Animal House and Blue, Blues Brothers. I, I, that, that might just be me. I, I might just be, like, a cynical son of a bitch. But, like, movies like Blues Brothers and Animal House, I love those movies, and they crack me up every time. Um, and while I, I got some laughs out of this one, like we were saying, it's just kind of like a one trick pony throughout as far as it's jokes i mean the the vibe that i got from it was it just felt like every now and then some of the jokes it's like there wasn't quite a rhythm to them and we would all of a sudden be at the punchline of the joke and we would kind of just move on and it yeah. felt like kind of a looser comedy it's not like every not every moment landed at the right punch but you kind of like can kind of vibe with it a little bit like okay it's just like a little offbeat you know you remember that dick for joke at, like towards the beginning of the movie what's a dick for <laughs> right yeah yeah what's a dick yeah. for i was just like oh boy like <laughs> like chevy chase he walked right into that one or dan Aykroyd, whoever uh was the receiving end of that joke but no chevy was chase like, was... uh, like as he was saying it, i was just like what's a dick for <laughs> like it was just like very very on point like you could see it um well then they talk about his dick later about you're just thinking with your dick <laughs> and maybe your yeah. dick's not so dumb yeah yeah <laughs> chevy chase's dick gets a lot of uh gets a lot of jokes into this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> good for his dick which good is fitting dick. which is fitting yeah um so 
I don't mean to jump ahead too much, but I only have so many notes, so I'm okay. just reading my notes as we go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, we've watched a good handful of uh, Dan Aykroyd movies together now, and I was just curious, like, where do you guys, where do you guys throw Spies Like Us? You know what I mean? Is it like one of the better Dan Aykroyd movies? Is it one of your less least favorite Dan Aykroyd movies? Is it in the middle? I also have a list of the movies we've watched. If you guys want to hear. Yeah, let's. So just together, we've watched Indiana Jones, Driving Miss Daisy, Christmas with the Cranks. No specific order here, uh, and Spies Like Us. It's just, so hard just... to refer to Temple of Doom as a Dan Aykroyd movie, <laughs> like literally. True. true. <laughs> um, because that um, would win in a weird way. But, you know, yeah, uh, kind of right. Scott, maybe you can answer this off the top of my head. I can't remember. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was in 1941, right? That's Steven Spielberg comedy. Yes, he was. That makes sense. So, do you think they did that kind of back to back, Temple of Doom and 1941? No, because 1941 was in 1979, and Temple of Doom was 1984. So Spielberg. For some reason, I felt like Temple of Doom was like a little earlier than that, but I guess that makes sense because like Raiders of the Lost Ark was until 1980, I guess. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. I was just curious because that that would have been like, oh, that's why Dan Aykroyd showed up in the Temple of Doom because they had just done nineteen fifty one. We we talk about John Landis doing director cameos. Steven Spielberg yeah. did a cameo in the, the Blues Brothers. Blues. Uh, well, I don't know. You, Scott, you answer Miguel's question. Sorry, we we detracted a little bit from Miguel's question. So, uh, well, I would say the best one out of the bunch is Temple of Doom. But if we take that out... So you got to take it out, yeah. If we take that out, I would rate them... Driving Miss Daisy is the best out of yeah. what we've done. And uh, and then what are the other ones? I, I know we did Christmas with the Cranks. And Spies Like Us. And Spies, and spies Like... I would like say, So it would have to be Driving Miss Daisy, Spies Like Us, Christmas with the Cranks. That's respectable okay. because Christmas with the Cranks was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that's not our favorite... I I definitely put obviously Indiana Jones first. Um, Driving Miss Daisy I put uh, next, <clears throat> and then I put a movie on this list because it came to mind because I've seen it so many times. But we we didn't get to watch it with you, Scott. You did this episode with someone else. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, but I think you've already done Sergeant Bilko with uh, Steve Martin. I did it by yeah. myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's respectable then. I can appreciate that. Yeah, I thought that one was... I, I like Sergeant Bilko, so I put that on the list even though I didn't actually watch it with you. <laughs> and then I put Christmas with the Cranks and then I put Spies Like Us because I just was like... I, I Like I said, sometimes the comedy just kind of felt like a little off, but it was there. So I don't know. It was maybe one of my, my lesser favorites, but that's okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm starting to redo some of the older ones that I did because my Sergeant Bilko was one of the second or third podcast that i did so uh, we'll redo yeah. it i'll redo it with both of you there you go we'll, we'll redo right, uh, sergeant bilko it's a date it, it's another ed it's a, have you ever seen that movie ed i have i mean it's definitely been a while but i've definitely seen it yeah that was for some reason one of like the only dan Aykroyd movies i know it's not his specific movie uh but that was like one of the only dan Aykroyd movies i can remember actually owning and so we watched it a lot in my house and I was a I was a fan. I would love to go back and look at it. I can't but, remember. Uh, is he the bad guy in that one? Uh, he's like the military base, uh, like general or something. He's not uh, the yeah. bad guy. Uh, Phil Hartman is the bad guy in that movie. Uh, that's right. 
Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Phil. Yeah. Okay. He's like the sniveling other sergeant or whatever corporal. I can see how much spies like us meant to you guys because now we're talking about Sergeant Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry, Ed. I just watched it last night. You know, for the first time, I'm sure Ed something similar. I, I would give it another go. You know, I, I think to really try to appreciate it a little bit more. But just like on first impression, I was just like, eh, maybe not, not, not so much for me. I uh, no, I mean, like I said, I, I feel like I so much of it felt so familiar. Uh, so I know I've I've seen bits and bobs of it, through, like probably with my dad throughout the years, um, but just never as a whole. And uh, there were moments where, like, the two of them playing off each other, I think, was when it worked best. Like, when they were taking their examination, when we're, they were at the operating table, when they were doing their training, uh, when they did the zero gravity thing. Uh, what do you call that? The spinning thing? And they both came out with that. It's just, like, good physical comedy like that, um, where they really shine um so uh no i mean the last thing i was gonna say was just like i felt like maybe chevy chase got the more fun role out of the two uh like uh dan Aykroyd was more of the straight shooter even though he did he had his moments as well um but uh, you, you could tell especially i'm sure at the time scott like uh chevy chase was definitely the more of the clownish figure compared to the two because like we were saying dan Aykroyd was actually uh, more educated and more prepared for their scenario, uh, and eventually, ultimately, saves the day. Really, and Chevy Chase is the one who's asking for a tent at the end of it. You know what I mean? Well, I will say this: I was, I, I got kind of excited at the end when they were when Dan Aykroyd comes up. We can we can recall the rocket; it won't crash. It so. He's giving all these orders to the Russians and to Chevy Chase and to Donna Dixon. And I was like, oh, my, you know, I was like, I'm getting a little excited. I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting, even though I know how, was, how it turns out. Bring me the Satsgram dish. I think we can recall it. What do you mean recall it? Mean like a defective Pinto? This is the, this is the, take this uh, up, up, climb. Uh, yes, yes, never Grab a rocket, grab a hammer. We can divert it. It's made to respond to in-flight commands through their SAT relay network. Here's a rock. Go to the Satscram terminal. Now what? Smash that thing. It's broken. Bring it here. Not the rock. What's the use? It's probably all over anyway. No, no, no. All we have to do is switch sending boards. Okay, Boyer, start sending the launch sequence in reverse order. Yes, sir. Fitzhume, hold these together. We gotta make the splice. Hold it together. Ow, are you a shock? And you will. I don't care how painful it is, you've got to hold them together. You are the circuit bridge. I need, uh... Because of the bread box, I need a the title of a movie. Animals in their natural habitat. Title of the book. Things that are around. Things that are square. Things that are being electrocuted. Got it. 
Zero. Zero. We did it! We did? We did it! <laughs> Can I borrow your tent? But there's something weird about that scene. So we've already mentioned that they they were they went to Morocco, they went to all these exotic places to film, and there's and you can clearly see that they're out in a forest. But then yeah. during that scene, they're green screened. There's a couple of scenes where they're where it's obviously green screened. And I, I couldn't understand that unless those were reshoots back in Hollywood. But it it just stands out because they're obviously outside in this forest, the snow-covered forest in Russia, and then they do close-ups of Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. It's so I don't know why that green screen comes in out of nowhere. I'm blanking. I don't remember. I don't remember those moments. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint that. But I imagine, like, my assumption would just be like, yeah, they probably went back and inserted some jokes here and there or something like that. Because I imagine shooting on location was, like, the fact that they were shooting on location, that had to have been expensive, even for back then, you know? Chevy Chase tried to hold the wires together, and and Dan yeah. Aykroyd recalling the rocket. I, I, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes, along with them being dropped in the fort. What was, uh, I think, Ed, you said you enjoyed the surgery scene? Yeah, that, that one... You know, I kept expecting Terry Gilliam to come out and do something radical, but <laughs> no, he was just there. But no, I, I that was like one of the more fun parts and definitely the examination. Like Miguel already touched on it when uh, Chevy Chase comes walking in with a broken arm <laughs> and an eye patch. It's just like, oh, that's great. It's just like, this is perfect. Like, and um yeah, no, uh, I was going to say Frank Oz was the um, the, the, the guy running the examination. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just like a fun little scene. And I think that's where that mo- moments like that is when the movie shine the most, for sure. Right. And, and, and Chevy Chase in that scene, he's obviously cheating and he asks Dan Aykroyd for help. And on the back of his test, he writes, what does KGB stand for? And then Dan Aykroyd flips over his test and writes what it means. But I'm thinking you have, turn, you have to turn those tests in. They're going to know. Gonna, they're going to see yeah. what's written on the like, – what does he's going to see that written on the back of your test form. But isn't that, isn't that the whole reason they got picked anyway? They had the worst scores. They were obviously cheating. Yeah. They said, bring them in. They, they wanted the dunces. They're perfect. I uh, I couldn't help but think as the movie got towards the end and I was, you know, trying to come up with some notes and things to say for today. Just like if they if they made the movie today, who would play these roles? And I had three names like just kind of come to me really rapid fire, like bang, bang, bang. I knew exactly who I wanted to put in a couple spots. Uh, so if you guys don't mind, I'd like to run run that by you real quick. You can tell me if it's a stupid decision or not. Go ahead. Yeah, go. So first off, I had no idea what the lady spy's name was. Uh, obviously, I just learned recently that that was Bill Hader's wife. I'm not sorry, not Bill Hader. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd's wife. Spoiler for what I'm about to say. You want um, Bill Hader, yeah. So uh, the I just wrote lady spy. I didn't know her name at all. But I thought Margot Robbie would totally play that role today. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, just like the pretty spy. She's off doing her own thing. 
blah 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 blah. And at the end, she, you know what I mean, gets together with who I think Chevy Chase should be replaced by is Ryan Gosling. I think Ryan Gosling would be perfect oh, for this type of movie. And I want to point out one specific thing that that when it clicked with me was at the at the missile scene when you know uh, Dan Aykroyd's given all these uh, instructions and he tells Chevy Chase, you know, go go bust up whatever that machine is, and he takes this rock and he just goes kunk. You know what I mean? And it's just like this <laughs> really dainty thing, but then the thing explodes kind of in front of him. And and I was just like, Ryan Gosling would totally play all of these moments. He would totally oh, know how to sure. do that. You know what I mean? And I thought that would be a solid uh, replacement. And then, of course, for Danny, uh, Danny, for Dan Aykroyd, I think Bill Hader would be, especially the hair. I don't know what it was about his hair in this movie yeah. that made me think about Bill Hader. He's like Justin yeah. Bieber, like Beatles looking hair. Yeah. Uh, but that, that would, would be, be great. My three, my three main recast. I love that. I think that would be. I, uh, I, I definitely see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they wanted to make that today, count me in. I want to see it. What's Mar- Margot? I'm sorry. What's Margot Robbie? Robbie. If Margot Robbie played the part of the female spy, they would have to beef that role up for her, because the female oh, spy sure. in this movie is it's really really secondary to Dan Aykroyd and. Chevy Chase. They would For have to sure. keep up that role if she played it. They would have to make it more of like a trio. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But uh, yeah, I just that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought Ryan Gosling I especially. Mean, yeah, Bill Hader already like a well-established like genius in comedy, uh, and yeah, Ryan Gosling does really well in comedies too. I think that would be they would play off of each other so well. Yeah, I as, I could, as Chevy I could, Chase could, and that Aykroyd do. Yeah, because you're right, Ed. Even though there's some parts in this movie that you're just kind of like, I don't know if I'm 100% into this. At least when they get the chance to like really play off each other, that's when the movie shines. Exactly, yeah. Well, just the little scenes where they're <laughs> they're driving in, they're, they're being attacked by by this tribe, and they're driving away in an ambulance, and they're just slapping each other. I'm going to drive. No, you drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan Aykroyd is basically the only friend that Chevy Chase has from Saturday Night Live. Pretty much everybody else yeah. from that show despises him. And we all know that Chevy Chase has a reputation of being an asshole in, in a lot of his movies. Yeah. I think this goes a lot to Dan Aykroyd. He, Dan Aykroyd was you know, very close to John Belushi. We all know that. And John Belushi yeah. and Chevy Chase hated each other. But Dan was able to stay friends with Chevy Chase and John Belushi at the same time. So I think that goes a lot to saying what kind of person Dan Aykroyd is. Speaking of the kind of person that Dan Aykroyd is, I know he's very much into uh, like uh, alien conspiracies and stuff like that, uh, UFOs and stuff like that. I thought it was hilarious when those two, when they're trying to take the missile from the Russians, when uh, already in those ridiculous, like, uh, outfits. They dressed up like aliens to try and scare the Russians coming down that uh, that slope. I just thought it was like, oh man, you know Dan Aykroyd came up with that one. That's 100% Dan Aykroyd. But in yeah, that scene, exactly. it's pure Chevy Chase because Dan Aykroyd, they're speaking in Russian and Dan Aykroyd is having trouble, you know, he's having trouble you know, figuring it out. He, you know, he's going over in head what they're saying in Russian, and Chevy Chase is just like, "Where did you learn your Russian, J.C. Penny?" And that's the typical. It's like Chevy Chase 
knows no Russian, is not helping at all, but he's bitching at the guy who's helping him out right now. It's like, <laughs> that's typical. And has been that's the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think we, so you guy. Um, guys like us. Spies like us. Ed, I'm going to say you're lukewarm on it. Uh, Miguel, I think you liked it a little better than Ed. I think you might give yeah. it another try. I would I, I'd watch it again. I enjoy this uh, movie. No, I, I definitely movie. watch it again. It's definitely one of those just like easy watching movies. All right. So that's it. So uh, this has been another episode of the Dan Aykroyd podcast. I want to thank Miguel and Eddie for uh, doing this with me. Thank you, guys. So we're going to put on the books. Everybody listening to this, be uh, we're going to do Sergeant Bill Connect. So we're going to do it yeah. again. We're going to do it much better than I did when I first did this podcast. <laughs> this podcast. I also want to point out that I love that every time we do one of these episodes, we always end up talking about yet another day. Like, I don't even think I know that many Dan Aykroyd movies off the top of my head, <laughs> but we'll talk about one on the podcast. And it's like, well, all right, we got another episode to go. We got another episode. Dan Aykroyd is everywhere all the time. Yes. We need to, uh... because I recently uh, did sneakers again with a friend of mine and I call these the uh, re the redo overdid. So we're going to, the, we're going to redo overdid Sergeant Bilko. All right. Uh, Good. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, Perfect. thank you for doing this, and we'll see everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Ah, here we are. I'm Hadley, internal medicine, and Dr. Lafong, communicable diseases, Dr. Boyer, bacteriology, and Dr. Stinson, Marston, and Gill of the Northampton Trauma Institute, and Dr. Imhouse of the Zurich Relief Fund. These are our newly arrived surgeons, Drs. Trowbridge and Greenbaum. Doctor? 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 Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Cross the streams. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast. You're good with tools, aren't you? Devices, instruments. What? Are you kidding? You're talking to Millbarge here. You want something converted, built, dismantled, repaired, modified? You're talking to Mr. Hands. Ah. Oh, mind if I play through? Doctor? Doctor? <laughs> Glad I'm not sick.